welcome to episode 12 of Gamer Radio. I know I said two weeks, but it's only been a week because we're feeling a little disunited today. I have Matt, the head T-Rex over at Alderaan Games with me, and uh, I think we both have some feelings on the ever-evolving Unity situation. I think before, Matt, you jump in, we should say we're recording this on the 25th of September. And given at the rate that the Unity folks are changing things, by the time it comes out on Thursday, it could uh, could be different. But Matt, tell us a little about yourself. Hey, I'm Matt. It's, it's good to be back. I was on a previous episode, the uh, founder of Alderaan Games yep. and uh, loved Unreal Engine person. All right. So that's good. We got the Unreal side. Disclosure, I'm doing some work for Alderaan uh, on their Path of Titans game. It is if you like dinosaurs and you like graphics and you like to play on... Well, basically everything, right? It runs on Mac, PC, console, iOS. I I know that for sure. Android, did I miss one? Yeah, I think I think you got everything. It's like seven platforms, so it's it's getting up there. There you go. So I th- we should probably start, Matt, with what what happened with Unity. Yes. Well, it seems like there was just a random announcement where the, they just changed their pricing model. And it was, it seemed like it was written by somebody that's never published a game before. Like, I i really don't know how they checked it over on the legal front. Because there's a lot of uh, a lot of weird terms they use in here that are pretty foreign to, to standard pricing. So it led to a huge outcry of everyone freaking out. What happened? Yeah, big mess. So we, we should probably start with, originally Unity is a game development engine kind of came up during the mobile app boom, right? It's very mobile focused, but it can hit other platforms and it often does. Their pricing model originally, right? This is before all the badness was there was a free personal one where you had to show their branding. You had to have like a splash screen and then they had scaling prices. Back in the bad old days, they used to gatekeep by APIs, meaning if you had the pro, you could use these APIs. If you had the one up, you could use additional ones. And there's an enterprise one that's even fancier. But that was it. You paid, it was kind of a traditional enterprise software sale. You pay per, I want to get this right, per license. It's actually per dev device, though, which actually tripped me up at one point. So if you have one person, let's say, who has a Mac and a Windows development machine, they probably need two licenses in most cases, unless you revoke it constantly and give it back. But there are limits on that. That was the good old days, right? And that's a pretty standard, if you've ever like sold or bought enterprise software, you know, that per seat model is pretty standard. What they went to, well, Matt, maybe you could help me here because it's bonkers. Yeah, it's really confusing. Yeah. And the, I've nev- never been really a fan of the per seat licensing because you have these companies that's like, oh, I'll just use your PC and remote in or I'll mm-hmm. just use your account and you kind of feel a bit nickel and dime for the licenses on, on this kind of thing. Well, and today people have multiple machines too. You're like at a, you know, I have like eight dev machines here to do parallel Unreal Engine builds. And I feel like paying two grand a seat or whatever it is over here, pretty hefty. Right. And that is what it costs because, uh, I do have this license. I have the pro license. So, but they changed to with, with no warning, uh, which was, there's so many bonkers things in what they did here. So right off the bat, they say, in addition to your per seat license fee, you're going to be paying a per install fee, which I don't know anybody that does that. Yeah. I mean, I see where they were kind of trying to come from with the install fee. I think they were trying to target like Candy Crush's kind of model where 
a player will deliver a lot of lifetime revenue over a long period of time. So they're like, oh, someone will install this on their phone and play it for three years, right? And so we're technically cheaper than Unreal because it's an install fee. What they didn't think of is like, it's not really an accurate metric to track by. So you have like the piracy and automatic reinstalls and how do you even track installs without spying on people and right. or, or your mic and you drop your ipad and have to like get a new one from Asurion, right that's a new install technically so they had some limits right so you start at paying this is really really complex depending on the level of license you have you start playing paying after two hundred thousand or a million dollars so if you have the more fancier license you start paying after a million dollars if you have the lower end, it's 200000 This is what they proposed a week ago. I just want to be super clear. They've come out and like changed this multiple times already. And on top, it's, I'm glad you mentioned Candy Crush because, you know, full disclosure, and you know this, Matt, I've been working on a Unity game, although you did introduce me to Unreal, and I think I might have to make a change. The free-to-play, like the Candy Crushes of the world, are so few and far between of that kind of success. Like the majority of, especially indie studios, launching a free-to-play game are probably, I mean, maybe they'll never hit the 200,000 number, right, of installs, but they're not making that kind of money. There are many scenarios where the their engine license fee could basically be more than their the game made, than the title made, uh, which is yeah. nuts. There's a, I guess there's a weird bit that's confusing about that fee, is uh, people don't buy... A lot of Android games or you know iOS games, right? Like it's always yep. free download, in-app purchases. You're kind of doing this. A lot of these uh, companies doing this whale farming thing where they're just targeting, you know, this person has to spend a thousand dollars, and all of these people are free. It's a little bit weird charging per seat and combining it with this install fee. Like if we look at the threshold of like two hundred thousand dollars, like. How many devs can you hire at your company for two hundred thousand dollars? Right, like it gets pretty difficult, right? So, like yeah. anybody with a team of any size at all has to hit a minimum threshold. Maybe some indies will be under a million, but once you're over this two hundred thousand dollars threshold, twenty cents per install, and uh, you know the acquisition costs of buying ads for people to find your game to install it you might already be paying like $5 per user acquisition. You're going to pay five twenty, and maybe they buy nothing and you just lose everything. Well, and then let's say they don't, you know, first of all, the vast majority on a, on a free-to-play model of folks, I think it's something like 95% plus, are going to buy absolutely nothing. They're just nothing, right? They're zero. And anybody who does buy anything, well, Apple's getting, I'm just going to use the iOS case because it's where I'm most familiar Apple's getting 30% of that. It's same on Android, right? So that's, you know, let's say the guy, the, the player buys something for a dollar. I'm just going to round out the numbers, right? All right, so now your end is 70 cents. Take another 20 cents off that, 50 cents. Your acquisition cost was $5. You just lost $4.50 on that player, even though they are technically a paying player. Not to include things like a lot of these uh, mobile games need a publisher, Mm -hmm. right and some of these uh, advertising companies actually take a percentage revenue split as well oh that's fair that's so fair. if you yeah. include let's say like 30 percent tax rate you've got to include you know the monetization fee you got to include you know the actual 30 percent the app store, app store charges you is actually a bit higher than 30 percent because they include some payment processing fees in addition to that so you might be just losing a whole bunch of money 
and when this was announced, it was applied retroactively. So That's after wild. a certain date, yeah. even if you use Unity from, you know, a, and a good example is um, some games look at when they buy an engine, they're like, oh, this engine's, you know, 5% of my revenue. They design the whole game around how the monetization works to fit in that 5%. They design all their contracts and publisher deals and mm-hmm. ad revenue deals all around this percentage. And if you just randomly retroactively change it, you're just murdering their whole business model. Well, and yeah. another really weird thing in that retroactive stuff is Unity used to have in the terms of service. In fact, it was on GitHub and they they actually deleted it, which was how they thought they were going to get away with that is beyond me. I mean, Reddit jumped on that so fast. It was like the, the roadrunner, right? <laughs> So they gave a really good reason why they deleted it, and I'm being a little bit sarcastic here, but they the someone at Unity said that it wasn't getting a lot of views, so they deleted it. Yes, the free GitHub page. You gotta get and it's it like a, it's a free GitHub page. I guess it doesn't cost you any money to host it, so I guess their logic was, well, it's annoying to update this Markdown thing, and I got to commit to GitHub. I guess I could just um, delete it. That's going to look really good. I mean, that I'm, that just doesn't hold water on its face, right? Especially because the section they deleted was the section that... So the deal with Unity used to be, if you didn't update your engine, right, you could just keep the terms that you had in the TOS on that version of the engine in perpetuity. That is the section they deleted. Because it's pretty obvious that that part of the license directly con- basically forbids any kind of retroactive <laughs> nonsense right they they tied their own hands saying you know you could keep these terms forever all you would have had to do is i think the current unity is um they, i think they, they do it by quarters too so let's just say you kept like q you know q3 2023 is the one you'd have now you just never update and you're fine yeah if this yeah. happened to me i would be never updating but the problem with never updating is there's another problem where Unity is not really source available like Unreal Engine is. So you have this, I guess it's a content treadmill. If you're familiar with iOS development, when you use Xcode and you build your app, if Apple releases a new Xcode, they kind of ban the old one, you get an update. Imagine if there was a bug in Unity that didn't work with a new Xcode. Now you can't have the source code to update it. Your game is now dead, right? right? So. It's a matter of we want to get these fees now or eventually when Xcode breaks, we're going to force you to get these fees. And it's even worse with console SDKs mm. where you have to do the same thing for all the consoles, Android. I know Android's been bugging me about updating the billing library. And so you get a similar problem where you're kind of trapped even with this license. Even if the license was only the 2024 version, a lot of developers are still stuck buying yeah. the source code even. Yeah, and this is uh, for, for our non-developers here. I know that sounds like, well, how often does it change? Because you don't see a lot of changes necessarily like on your iPad. Matt and I can tell you there's a real world case working uh, on Path of Titans where Apple, what was it, a year ago or something, decided that they don't like the way the built-in web views work on iOS. And you have to basically changed their new API. I'm not, I'm not going to go into the details of that, but listen to Coda Radio, because I am tomorrow. And if you don't do that, right, If you or in the case of Unity, where you don't have the source code, if you can't do that, because the version of Unity you're on is using the deprecated web views, you're basically hosed, because they Apple will reject your app 
after a certain amount of time for using deprecated APIs. And they, I've been doing iOS since uh, 08. Let me tell you, they have not become more chill. They've become more aggressive. So, And your app gets deleted just for not getting updates. So that's the even other thing. if you yeah. had an old game that's like five years old, and you're like, well, it's on an old Unity version. I don't want to update it. You just might get randomly deleted. So a lot of people publish updates with just nothing in it just to get not deleted what features and speed improvements is that is that the line in the app description the Matt, bug fixes and performance improvements exactly you got yeah. it yeah, yeah, don't i remember getting a you know message from google and they said matt you can't use the bug fixes and performance <laughs> improvements line and i said wait you guys use that on your app like how is you, yeah but google then just deletes on? the whole service after <laughs> two years so you know it's uh all right so so this was their original no warning Darth Vader, you know, we're altering the deal. Pray we don't alter it further. And how you characterize this, Matt, but I would say a good portion of the Unity development community went apeshit. If somebody woke up with an invoice for like, oh, hey, you're $6 million, which some of these indie developers who release a game for yeah. free on Game Pass or whatever it is might genuinely are, you might be freaking out because you might have an indie game that didn't earn a lot of money. So yeah, yeah it'd be like freaking out. And I think it was amazing how the developer community came together to support each other. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't normally do that. And it was everybody v unity in this one. Yeah. And uh, a lot of, uh, of kind of the larger indies uh, were donating like $100,000 to Godot, which is an open source engine. A lot of folks switching over to Unreal. Uh, ju just one note, part of Unity's stated plan were one of the many statements they made was that if you were on Game Pass, they intended to somehow build Microsoft. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, so they changed that randomly when people yeah. like, how are you going to figure out install counts? And it's like, oh, I know how to make the plays easy. We'll build Microsoft. It's like, Microsoft's just going to not publish your game on Game Pass. Like, that's what's going to happen. Right, they'll just be like, you know what Microsoft could do? They could adopt FNA or Mono Game. It's it's built on their XNA stuff. And say, if you want to be on... Uh, Game Pass use Unreal or Arthing. But they're not going to pay Unity. They're never... Are you kidding me? Like, it's a little silly, right? Not well thought out. All right, so so where did we go, Matt, after we decided to enrage a nice portion of our customers? So it was a lot of silence, actually, mm. right? And then, you know, they released an announcement saying they were going to release an announcement in a couple of days, which is kind of the worst kind of announcement because everyone's just sitting here like, what are you guys doing, right? Eventually moved over to this, like, a, a, you know, apology tour is what I would <laughs> call it, where they're just going around saying, I'm sorry, we should have listened to your feedback. I feel like, I don't know if listening to your customer's feedback makes a lot of sense. It's, it's kind of like going to the toll booth and being like, hey, my feedback is, you know, toll, toll fee $0, please. Right, so well. Also, how could you listen to feedback when you never solicited? <laughs> you never like publicly said anything. I know they did talk to select developers, and if you, I, I've actually, if you look and if you, I mean, I don't think these people have a real incentive to lie. If you read uh, some of the well-known indies on Reddit, they all categorically said, "This is this is nuts." Right? What are you doing? You can't do this. And we we should probably take a step back and say why it seems like they did this, right? Because Unity, you would think has these very reasonable but not unsubstantial licensing fees uh, relative to what it is, right? And given the just ubiquity in the uh, in the industry. 
but they seem to like to buy expensive ad, ad platforms and other weird stuff that, for instance, Iron, was it Ironforge? Did I have their name right? Um, I'm trying to remember if it was Iron Source. Iron Source. But effectively, they merged with this malware-like ad company that had a really bad yeah. reputation. Really bad. And a lot of developers wanted to leave Unity just because they're like, hey, are they going to put malware in my game now? Like, my player's going to be comfortable downloading this? Or more importantly, is Apple going to freak out on you and start rejecting your apps because of it? Which, Although Apple and Unity have a good relationship, Apple would go to them first because that's how that works. They also, I don't know if you caught this one, Matt, they they seem to have been targeting a company called App Levin, which is another one of these uh, kind of ad, you know, analytics platforms. Yes. Such as, yeah. You, did, you, did you see this one where they went out and said, if you use our platform, we'll waive the fee? Yeah. So that's a yeah. little bit of like some, you know, if this was a Epic Games v. Apple lawsuit, I feel like it'd be some kind of uh, market manipulation tactic to say, hey, better stop using AppLovin and use this service and we'll waive this runtime fee that's, you know, causing this problem for you. Right. So let's 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 start the fire so we can come and put the fire out and be the hero. Right. It's it's very very icky, I would say. Yeah, we also had a lot of developers protest by disabling their ads monetization. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like they were wounding themselves to wound Unity in the process to try to get them to change the thing. Well, and Unity does make a pretty penny, right? So since that merger you talked about, that's probably more, we should probably give some more air to that because that's pretty important. Unity has, in a big way, been pivoting towards this basically ad, I don't even know what you want to call it, like a just like an, a middleman between advertisers and game developers, right? I feel like they're, since going public, right, and since... They've gone this more service to the direction, which really reminds me of Apple mm. trying to sell you Apple Music and Apple TV and all these services. Unity is trying to sell you. I know they bought a company called Vivox, which was a very popular voice chat solution. And I know they bought uh, Multiplay, which is a multiplayer game server hosting solution. And so they have the ad company now. So they're trying to combine them all together and sell services because there's a clear, hey, we need to increase our stock price kind of problem. So it just seems their incentive are to kind of compete with Epic's online services and kind of Steam's online services to try to, you know, charge multiple times. So you pay the Unity fee, you pay the multiplayer fee, you pay the voice chat fee, and you pay the ad fee, and we bill you everywhere. Right. And prior to that, they'd also, because I actually had a weird aviation project a few years ago, they were trying to become like an enterprise software company for, you know, airlines the government automakers stuff like that and i don't think that that has gone super well for them i'm pretty sure their bread and butter is still games from what I, from what i've seen and uh something i forgot to mention with this app Lovin thing is uh app Lovin originally tried to buy unity for 17.5 billion and it was unanimously determined that it's not in the best interest of the unity shareholders so i wonder if they uh, rejected that because they knew this uh, iron source deal was um, on the table. That's just a lot of money, but yeah, it could be right. I mean, it's it's yeah. I mean, again, this is all smoke, right? We're frying some bacon here, but it's definitely these things happening in concert is it's uh, a little sus, as the kids would say. 
there was something that was freaking the uh, Unity uh, developers out that there was stock being sold right before this. The CEO, and, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the uh, XEA CEO, which is a great CEO. The one who proposed charging an in-app purchase for reloading in a shooter. <laughs> yeah, so there was this stock thing where it's, it's a lot of stock being sold right before this. Now, Unity's answer is, hey, we sell this stock on a schedule and we didn't predict it, but it very conveniently lined up right before this announcement. Um, very suspiciously. Yeah, like if you knew the schedule, you would just make the announcement after, right? I'm just saying it's not. Yeah, anyway. the stock schedule. Yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. So they're on this apology tour. Eventually, they send some people out to talk, and that go well. First, first they release an open letter with their new policy, right? Which is no more retroactive stuff. So if you stay on your version, you stay on your version, which really isn't viable for a lot of reasons long term. But hey, this new scheme won't start until the next LTS. You now have an option. You can choose to do the per install method, or you can choose to do a 2.5 rev share. Rev share is basically the standard in the games industry. Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but Unreal is 5? Yeah, Unreal is 5% by default, and you can get custom licensing to get it down. Keep in mind with Unreal, it's you earn a million dollars before there's a rev share. Right. With Unity, you can pick between the rev share or the install, and they will build whatever's lesser. They also made a change where they got rid of the requirement to use a made with Unity splash screen. Yes. And it seems like it's kind of sold to us more like it's a favor, as in, oh, you don't need this splash screen. But really, it might be doing Unity a favor. Because a lot of the AAA games have bought the Unity Pro Enterprise version and don't have the splash screen. And a lot of the lower quality games have the splash screen. It kind of gives this Unity this bad reputation of low quality games are made by Unity. That means it's a poor game kind of thing. I actually got some uh, a couple years ago, some pretty negative feedback on Coder because I didn't know that some games... Like some of the games I liked were made with Unity, and the only ones I ever saw the splash screen were were like really crappy. Right? I was like, "This is terrible." Yeah, and that that was a, a byproduct of the billing model. Okay, so they're you know they're doing this on a rolling twelve month cycle. Presumably, you have to report either your revenue or your installs to them every month through some mechanism, which I'm sure isn't going to be error prone and cause lots of problems, and people aren't going to try to game it. That would never. Well, happen. with the um, 2.5%, it's possible that the installs will be less than the 2.5%. So now you've kind of forced game developers to do this install tracking. And now it's, while it's all on their side, which is better, how are they going to validate the actual results? And it's, I really don't like contracts built on trust me, bro, math kind of thing, where you can't really easily calculate what you're actually the fees are. Well, you you have to assume though that there's going to be some sort of like audit provision in there where like if Unity thinks you're full of shit, they can go and see. And I said I said keep it clean, and I'm the one who did it. They can go ahead and try to pull your numbers, right? Yeah, that makes sense. You'd be like, hey, here's our numbers from our in service, right? They could be like, yeah, but you're like number one on Game Pass right now, and you say you only made four thousand dollars. Yeah, I think they'd fall back to the two and a half percent in in that case. Yeah, like no, no, two two and a half is fine. Thanks, thanks. So you know, kind of a mixed reaction, right? I, I you know I have my take as someone working in Unity right now, but I'm just curious. You're you've been in the games industry for quite a long time. What what do you think of all this? What do you think of the resolution? The just the process, the way they handled it. So I'm I'm worried if there's a little bit of price anchoring here, mm-hmm. where 
they kind of took approach where it was 10 step forwards, everyone got upset, nine steps back kind of thing. Whereas some people will definitely be like, oh, two and a half percent. Oh, just not upgrade Unity versions. And then stuff will slowly start to break and then they'll be upgrading Unity in the two and a half percent. And I think the trust is broken for a lot of people and a lot of people are leaving no matter what. If this was happening to me, even if they there was no two and a half percent fee, I would still be leaving because I can't guarantee that this thing's not going to happen again in the future. Well, and they they were asked that, right? And they said, no, there probably will be changes in the future. They were directly on that fire. I forgot the guy's name, Mark um, uh, something. He was out and they did a fireside chat on YouTube and somebody asked and they were like, no, we're, we're, we might change it later. As we, you know, balance, what yeah, was it? balance revenue. Yeah. So, you know, Unity being a publicly traded company, anytime they're like, hey, we need more money, we can mess around with their pricing. Something to note is they can also mess around with their services pricing as well. You kind of incentivize to go to this fee structure where maybe they charge less for Unity, but they make you use a service and then they're going to overcharge for the service. So I feel like Unity's trust is gone. Mm. Something to keep in mind that Unity has been on a long path of awful things going all the way back to 2019. There was all sorts of different problems where Tim Sweeney was talking about the TOS requiring Unity to authorize what stores you could ship your game on, which means you like couldn't put it on your website, which was a huge problem. So if Unity can update the terms and service and say, hey, you're not allowed to put it on this computing store, is it really your game? Which like, like, you know, Epic, right? That would be Epic who makes the Unreal Engine. That would probably be the store they would. I would guess. Yeah, you'd be like, hey, you can't publish on Epic Games because we're like, if they made a Unity store tomorrow and they're like, hey, we don't like Epic Games, we're just going to not list it here on our EULA. It feels like it's Unity's game and you're doing them a favor by making a game on it. Kind of like developing for Apple. Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. Please be grateful that you're allowed to develop with our iPhone. It's kind of a please be grateful you're allowed to use Unity kind of feeling. Yeah, well, I think. We, we should mention Apple and all this because uh, so for those who don't follow this stuff so closely, Apple hates Epic Games. Again, the makers of Unreal and probably Fortnite is what you guys probably know a little better uh, with a fiery passion, like just biblical level hatred here, like Old Testament fire brimstone. We've got toads killing the firstborn son, rivers of blood, the whole thing, because Epic tried to sue them for antitrust. It's a big deal. The Fortnite lawsuit and uh, Apple doesn't want to lose that sweet, sweet 30%. So every turn when they mention games or uh, AR, which uh, go listen to Coder Radio if you want to hear me about that, they partner with Unity. I would be very shocked if Apple was pleased about this news because Apple wants their developers, probably doesn't agree, but Apple does want their developers to be viable and they want to be the only one, you know, hitting them up for 30% or whatever. Yeah, I wonder if um, if Apple's a distributor in this install fee thing, would Apple be the one paying the fee? Like, it's like, uh, Apple won't pay them anything. I, I, right? I would be very surprised. I think and Apple would, yeah. Would Apple would rather everyone write their game in Swift? using a custom-made engine. Yeah, you know what? And now it only runs on iOS and Mac. and that's But it. they tried that, <laughs> right? So they tried that like five years ago. They came out with, um, this is way in the weeds, but they came out with SpriteKit, and then they came out with some specific things for their metal graphics engine. 
Uh, but SpriteKit would probably be the closer an analogy to Unity, especially Unity 2D. And they just abandoned it within like a year. It's games, other than the fact that Apple makes just a metric ton of money off of it by being a, a basically a gatekeeper, it's just not in their DNA, right? I don't know if they could make a viable game engine. And if they did, it would be like, like you say, Matt, it would not be, you know, the, the, the whole attractiveness of, of Unity was when it first came out that it was this relatively design focused cross-platform putting mobile first engine where, I mean, it's kind of a lie, right? Where they say with a couple of clicks, you could go to all these platforms. Not true. You have to do some work, but it, it was better than most of what was going on then, especially at that level. Apple would never make that product, right? In a million years, because they hate all the other platforms. Like a lot. Yeah, like them developing iTunes for Windows feels like a the guy is gonna hate a job working on that. And he just you know well, not cries only, himself to sleep. Not only did the guy have to cry himself to sleep, they had to do it in secret and just show it to you, you never heard the story? They just did it, showed it to Steve Jobs, got yelled at, and then he's like, fine, release it. <laughs> wow, that's pretty bad. Because um, yeah, yeah. a lot of Unity developers use uh, Macs. It's, it's super popular. And it's yeah, a, you, you kind of don't really need to get into the Xcode world that much, and you can press a button from Unity. Mm. And um, yeah, that Apple-specific game engine, huh? I wonder if Apple's privacy values conflict with these advertising values. That's where I was right? going like, to go with this. I don't Apple think... going to be a bit lenient on iron source because they're working with Unity or owned by Unity? Uh, or are they going to be upset about the privacy implications of all this ad tracking? Kind of I, I think they would be upset, right? So this is where you and I become, where I'm, you're st full disclosure, Matt is corrupting me into becoming an Unreal fanboy. But when I think about the Vision Pro, which is the deal that Apple and Unity have, Unreal seems like it would make a lot more sense. One, you have the source. And that just makes, just makes you feel much more cuddly inside, right? You have the source code. So you know there's not some kind of chicanery going on. You can check. Two, Unreal is a th more powerful, more photorealistic 3D engine. It seems yeah, like, like the natural choice. Yeah. Nanite and Lumen and all these modern technologies that Unity doesn't have that you can take advantage of. It just seems like it makes a lot of sense and it's just not a not a really an option. Well, it's not an option for purely like business acrimony, nasty legal fight reasons, right? It's it's not in fact they did have Unreal on stage a number of years ago. I forgot that what was that game? It was the offshoot of uh Skyrim. Remember they made that weird Skyrim fighting game? Yeah, I remember that. And yeah. uh, Epic just recently made uh Nanoite work on M2 Max. Mm. You know, so there's like a strong possibility that we could get something cool, but it's being held back artificially. Yes, because Apple, but you should pay people lots of money to do your Apple work for you. That's very important. But yeah, Mike, just to correct you, Unreal Engine, it's not that I, it's the best engine, mm -hmm. but just, I think it's the least worst engine, right? Anybody that's worked with an engine before has gone through some, some tears, right? But Epic's kind of stood by this hey, we're not going to change the Euler on you. And we kind of have the source code and we kind of don't really get forced to upgrade. Now, there's a weird question that I have where if you start adding in source code from different different areas, what's your version really? You know, oh, if you have like a line of code from a new version, are you now the new version? You have to pay the new fee. 
if it gets a bit messy, right? What if your backporting fixes from the new Unity version? Right, like the that old version. Right, like, like that. the X code not working. Are yeah. you going to be considered liable for the new version? Like if the version number still said the old version, but you have that new code in. Like it's a pretty confusing copyright problem, licensing problem. That is interesting. I mean, I feel like there's probably some threshold you have to cross where like on a practical level where Epic starts to care. Yeah, I guess the same thing for Unity because you can technically buy the Unity source code. It's just very obscure. And I've, I'm pretty sure they charge for read-only access to it and then charge for compiling it and all the dependencies and stuff like that. Yeah, but isn't it you're buying a snapshot of the source code? I thought it was just uh, like at, at that moment in time. Yeah, so they just they just download a you know an archive zip and you get a snapshot and you don't really get commits. With Epic, you can just go on their GitHub, right, and you get a real time commits of every version, and you can just backport whatever you need exactly. Yeah, it's, it's... If you have to keep buying new snapshots. That sounds very infuriating. Right, and I I would almost guess that the folks using Unity aren't really even that interested, right? Although that might not be true. Maybe I'm selling them short. Well, it's just Unity is very prone to bugs, right? And U Unity as assets store, people add in a lot of marketplace plugins and mm -hmm. plugins that depend on bugs in Unity that get fixed later and upgrading, just like upgrading a real engine is a nightmare. But sometimes you're releasing a game on PlayStation or a console, like say, hey, you need to upgrade to the new SDK. You get kind of trapped. And I feel like uh, developers might be better looking at alternative options especially Godot or there's FNA now. The only problems I've had with Godot, console support has been very lacking, mm. where you want to ship on Xbox, but because the source code is proprietary, Godot doesn't host it, and there's no system for you to get access to the source code. So you've got to hire a porting company to port your game to Godot, uh, to the console. And there's a lot of lacking features like dedicated servers and content cooking and stuff that kind of rule out as an option for me so i'm kind of stuck on unreal engine so hopefully you know hopefully tim sweeney's treating me good and uh doesn't change <laughs> the licensing fees on me or uh, pulls a unity as the the, the kids say nowadays doesn't pull a you you should get t-shirts doesn't pull a unity i like it so okay where does this all go right i mean i you know i've seen enough and i'm sure you have too enough internet drama to know that it is a very small percentage of folks who get mad and go on reddit and Twitter, and I guess we have to call it Weapon X now. But, I mean, I guess the big question is, and this is actually the question I have, where I have doubts about Unity. How do I know in 12 months or 18 months they don't just basically, you know, deal with this, uh, you know, mild headache of, you know, having gotten yelled at by a bunch of their users and then come back with another Darth Vader-level deal that you basically have to take or never upgrade? Yeah, that feels like it's a bit of a uh, ultimatum, is what I feel like. And, yeah, uh, can't really operate a business relationship on ultimatums. Ultimately, there's got to be some level of trust there that they're not going to change your fee. This is uh, pretty bad in the education space, where mm. you might go to your university and they teach you Unity as part of your course. You know, someone was teaching me at university Unity. I'd be like, do I want to be spending all my money and time learning Unity? That is a horrible idea in general, by the way. Spent universities teaching specific proprietary engines or platforms. Because all your knowledge is basically useless outside of Unity. So there's a whole bunch of people that may 
not making Unity games, but they're Unity developers and they spent 10 years learning Unity. And now when they go to get a job and go get a hire, it'd be like, oh, you're a Unity developer? Well, you're not very useful now. And so you might get laid off. You might not get decent rates for getting hired. That offer that you got last week that had a really good deal is now gone because they're leaving Unity. And your Unity experience might be used to port out of Unity and then you're gone, right? Like that's, that's this, the thing. This reminds me of all the like Flash developers who like new action script, but really just worked in those Flash uh, kind of like drag and drop things. And when that eventually died because of the iPhone, there was this mad scramble, right? For them to become like what we used to call HTML5 devs. And it was... I mean, I was uh, living up north at the time in New York, and there was people legitimately losing jobs because of it. And seriously having to basically, after, you know, five years experience, whatever, they were doing well, retrain, not from zero, right? Because some of the concepts are, of course, transferable. But, you know, they were used to having this really nice environment where they could, like, do their animations and, you know, just add their little scripting here and there to having to go to full-blown all right, at the time, you know, whip open TextMate and time to learn some CSS, right? <laughs> like, and JavaScript. Yeah, there's something to be said about these languages like C++ and Python, where learning it is always reusable everywhere. Yep. If there's a proprietary language like ActionScript 3, that's useless. You can't run that anywhere now. The browsers block it. Your knowledge is dead and all that time you spent if it's generic programming stuff, you can take to another language. But some of these skills are so unity specific, it's just a taking up space in your brain. And uh, to to have a more positive note, because I know Mike gets um, you know, mentioned on Coda Radio about everything being a little bit too negative. So a good positive note I have. I'm so make, depressed. Is um I am very impressed about all the developers coming out now, donating mm. to Godot sponsoring projects, writing tools to convert Unity to Unreal, that it's just very impressive how supportive the community is. And it's good to know that if, you know, if Unreal, Unreal Engine or another company made this change, we would have a similar developer community that would come out to support us and uh, fight back against against these changes. Yeah, I, th I think in particular, the, the kind of pseudo-ironic outcome of this might be that a lot of those, uh, let's say, shortfallings in Godot in particular, because they just got massive financial support now relative to where they were. Unity may have just created a very viable, I mean, Godot was already somewhat viable, right? Except for some of the issues with console. Very viable competitor, although I will, again, I'm very negative. Godot works best if you use their own language, which is called Godot Script. Not a fan of that. You can use Python, you can use C sharp, but certainly... yeah, Godot scripts reminds me of ActionScript Tree. You know, maybe yeah. maybe use C sharp or something like that if possible, because yeah. uh, you want about a Google or even paste into ChatGPT. Hey, tell help me with C sharp yeah. and get an answer. Well, help and you with Godot script? I don't know. You want to be able to uh, transfer some of those skills if you need to. There are tons of little engines written on C sharp. I mean, I uh, yeah, I I do think though Godot is going to come out of this pretty good, um, which is ironic, right? Because you know that that an open source free alternative uh, to Unity 
that basically Unity just poured a bunch of fertilizer and sunshine and water onto. Yeah, so the interesting yeah. thing with Gadar is because they are source available, or open source, or whatever you call it, yeah. you're not going to have the same problem Unity does with the source code. So once it's feature parity with Unity, it's going to be really hard to keep using Unity. Well, and they don't have the business strategy tax of effectively wanting to be a giant ad network. Yeah, and it might even look more appealing to these publishers and platforms that, hey, you're not going to get charged this extra fee. And uh, imagine hiring a developer and you're like, oh, no, that's another $2,000 fee. And I'm pretty sure once you start getting up to that enterprise level, the per seat fee gets pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, that's... See now you have me rooting for Godot. I'm kind of I'm kind of I wish I could use it. It just yeah. doesn't have to do Path of Titans on Godot. Oh my god, it's just I cannot not imagine. possible at the moment. And you know, Path of Titans we've been working on it for three years. Porting might take more than three years. Like it is it's a huge investment. Yeah. So for folks, if you should definitely check it out, folks. It is a huge game. Constantly adding stuff. The it even works on the uh, Soviet Republic of iOS. So there you go. Uh, I'm not bitter. Long-time Apple developers always get this every once in a while. That's why I'm so negative on Coder. Just, you know, I'm living in the uh, the iOS uh, camp where they just make you... Like, why do they have to change the WebKit API? Not even WebKit, I'm sorry. The iOS web browser API all the time. I just... There must be something that they're worried about. I don't know if it's privacy or... Yeah, so this goes into like a separate rant that I would have yeah. about javascript developers and they just rename stuff for no reason but it really feels like being a developer nowadays is just doing migrations from one version to another and renaming stuff and then renaming it back when they've changed it back later and angular. it doesn't feel like you're making progress just like it, angular They're just like, like angular where they arbitrarily change things and they say it's better but you really just screwed over my project in the middle of the project yeah so a lot of these developers with say unreal engine source code they don't get Unreal updates. They make their own branch at Unreal and go off in their own direction. And they don't have the Angular problem where you have to kind of keep upgrading. Ugh. And you really do have to keep upgrading because those NPM... I mean, this is way out of, out of context for Gamer, but... Yeah, so a problem that your, your developers have, maybe more so out of the games world, is if they don't update their package, there's all kinds of security vulnerabilities that can be revealed. This is... It, particularly for like enterprise software, right? We're like dealing with like any kind of HIPAA compliance or you're forced to upgrade. And I, yeah, there's often like packaging compatibilities once you upgrade, meaning that the one piece of software will not work with the current piece of software. Your app level logic code might have to change. It's a nightmare. Go listen to Coder Radio. We're very negative. Did a great Coder Radio pitch. I like it. You know what? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a therapy session. It's a 45-minute therapy session. That's what it is. And uh, you should ask the, uh, the Python developers when they were doing the Python 2 to 3 transition. That was bad. That was, yeah, yeah. I, I did three years of Python. Oh. The one that I couldn't get past is the indentation errors. You know what I mean? I hate that. Like, it's just your code doesn't compile. I already have my code doesn't compile due to some obscure Clang error. But because I've got a space wrong, there's not even a semicolon, and now my code's not going to work. Yeah, just Come fails. on, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, this has been awesome. I think you're hiring at Path of Titans. Do you want to plug any of that? I'm sorry, Ed. Yeah. 
yeah, we're we're hiring at Elder and Games. We're looking for all sorts of roles for QA and programmers. And I just hired a Unity developer as well recently who's now learning Unreal. So if you are interested in learning Unreal, making a switch, I am willing to 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 hire you and, and help out. He he's liberating Unity developers, is what he's saying. It's pretty costly. Like uh, training somebody from Unity Unreal is easily a minimum six month process. Yeah, right. well, I mean, I knew no Unreal, right? And I still, I mean, I'm still trying to get the hang of it. It's it's a big engine. There's a lot. Awesome. Yeah, so, all right. Go to the Gamer Radio Discord. You can just search on Discord for that since they have that. We occasionally, just about once or twice a week, well, almost every day, someone's streaming something in there. But we do Magic Arena and other games. Go to the Mad Botter. It's my company. And... Yeah, check out Path of Titans and uh, talk to you in two weeks. Thanks for coming, Matt. Thank you.